God bless you as we seek the Lord together for the year 2022. This is STL 22. Good morning, everyone. God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. I am so grateful for another day. This is another day that we are going to be speaking about our sister Ruth and all we can learn about her. So let's go into prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for being so awesome, so faithful, so holy, so pure, so just. Thank you so much for loving us with an everlasting love. Thank you for your faithfulness and your commitment to us, Lord. We love you. We need you. We cannot survive or breathe or move or think without you. You are everything to us in Jesus' name. And God, we ask that by your spirit, you would teach us about this Ruth season and direct us on how this will be applied to our lives, Lord. Lead us to the right people, the people you've ordained for us to serve, not people who would take advantage of us or take us for granted, Lord, but those who you have ordained us to serve. Lord, um, your word says that Naomi means sweet and pleasant and beautiful. So those people, God, those people who you deem to be good, we ask, God, that you would send us to them according to your perfect will. We love you. We thank you and speak, Lord, because your servants are listening. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I thank the Lord for just blessing us with life and the um, privilege of knowing him. He's so awesome and absolutely faithful. And um, we thank God for who he is. So we have to keep talking about Ruth. I got some really good feedback about this message, and that is really surprising. I did not know exactly how you all would feel about it, but I'm so glad that it is resonating. I'm so glad that the the um, lessons from STL are resonating with you all in general, okay? So um, I want us to keep in mind that Boaz is a type of Christ, okay? Um, when we call him the kinsman redeemer, that means he is the redeemer of the family. He is the redeemer of our bloodline. Sometimes we can separate the two and say he's kinsman, family, and redeemer. He redeems us, but he actually is the redeemer of the kinsman. And that's what we see Boaz um, being used as in the book of Ruth um, to redeem his kinsman um, Elimelech and also his sons glory to the name of the lord but boaz is a type of christ and i want us to keep that in mind as we are reading the book of ruth okay so something that's so interesting is ruth became so popular and so well known among people who she was that who were basically foreigners to her and she became so popular and so well known not because she was a queen not because she was super rich not because she was married to someone of notoriety she became well known because of how she served naomi okay so we're gonna get into that because that's some deep stuff right there um this whole situation and this whole prophetic season of service reminded me of proverbs and 11 and the, the scriptures just really spoke to me now the scriptures in proverbs um, Proverbs 11, and I'll start at mm, verse 24. It's actually talking about sowing. So this is something that we can apply to the way we sow into the kingdom of God. And um, for me, definitely, I um, use it as substantiation for how I sow my money. I know some of us want to sow time and some of us also sow prayers. And that's great. 
do that. And if you can sell finances, also do that. Um, so this is what I use as my substantiation for why I sell finances the way that I do. Um, so Proverbs 11 and 24. Um, but this we're going to, we're going to flip it though. And we're going to just use it as something to demonstrate the importance of sewing in general, whether you're sewing time, whether you're sewing prayers, whether you're sewing service or help. Um, because actually that is mentioned as, um, a gift to the body of Christ. So before we go to Proverbs 11, turn with me to Romans 12. It's really one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It covers so much and I just think it's absolutely beautiful. I'm going to read the Amplified version, which is um, pretty lengthy, but um, it really breaks down um, God's heart towards us as we serve. Okay, listen to this. I'm going to start at verse one. So this is Romans chapter 12, verse one, and I'm reading the Amplified Bible and all of this is entangled in serving, serving in the body of Christ, okay? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, any longer with this superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. Remember, we're talking about service, okay? This chapter is literally entitled Dedicated Service. That's how it's categorized by um, the, the people who interpreted this Amplified Bible, dedicated service, so that you prove that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for, for you. For by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of himself and of his importance and ability than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has apportioned to each a degree of faith and a design, a purpose designed for service. For just as in one physical body, we have many parts and these parts do not all have the same function or special use, verse 5, so we who are many are nevertheless just one body in Christ, and individually we are parts one of another, mutually dependent on each other. I love that. We all need each other. We all have a role to play in the lives of one another. And it's so important that we realize that and that we realize that we are just members of the body of Christ and we are simply doing our part. Whatever that is, whatever it is, however God chooses to use you to serve whomever he chooses you to serve, whichever family, whichever church, with whatever community, um, whatever group of people God uses you to serve, you are simply doing your part as a member of his body. Thank you, Jesus. Um, verse six, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them accordingly. If someone has the gift of prophecy, 
let him speak a new message from God to his people in proportion to the faith possessed. If service, this is verse seven, in the act of serving, okay? Or he who teaches in the act of teaching, or he who encourages in the act of encouragement, he who gives with generosity, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy and caring for others with cheerfulness. Love is to be sincere and active, the real thing without guile and hypocrisy. Thank you, Jesus. I love it. Verse 10 says, be devoted to one another with authentic, excuse me, I was about to say a whole different word, authentic, excuse me, brotherly affection as members of one family. Give preference to one another in honor, never lagging behind in diligence, a glow in the spirit, enthusiastically serving the Lord, constantly rejoicing in hope. Um, and I'll go down to verse 13, contrib contributing to the needs of God's people, pursuing the practice of hospitality. Amen. You know, it's so amazing how when we put these scriptures into to context, into where they can be applied, how rich they are. Take all of this and apply it to the area where God has called us to serve. And we can see how important and how upright and how necessary it is for us to serve and how we are to serve. So it, it says specifically that we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to use them accordingly. If it's service, we do it in the act of serving. If we're supposed to be encouraging people, then that's what we do. If we're supposed to be a giver, then we do it with generosity. And um, we show mercy with cheerfulness. Can you imagine that this is gifts within the body of Christ? That it takes people who serve and it takes people who show mercy and it takes people who are encouragers to keep the body of Christ going and put together and that we're supposed to love ours, um, each other um, with sincerity and our love is supposed to be active. It's not just supposed to be dormant or something that we say and we feel on the inside. It's something that we're actually supposed to actively demonstrate to each other. And it says we're supposed to be devoted to one another with authentic brotherly affection as members of one family. Isn't that absolutely amazing? And this is how I feel about people within the body of Christ. Sometimes we can call each other sister and we can call each other brother just as some type of uh, form or fashion, just because it's some type of um, religious title that we have come to understand. However, literally, that's your brother. Literally, that's your sister and you're supposed to love them and serve them like you actually have the same blood running through your veins like you have the same father the same inheritance okay the same um the same thing keeping you together which is the spirit of the living god you really are supposed to behave in that way and love in that way and um serve in that way and your love in this regard is supposed to be active and it's supposed to be seen. So now let's take this into our prophetic season. You know how Jesus said to John the Baptist, suffer it to be so, so that all righteousness can be fulfilled. Well, these seasons of service are absolutely necessary for all righteousness to be fulfilled. Don't 
tell me that you're called to an apostle to be an apostle to the nations, but you've never gotten down and washed anyone's feet. And Jesus himself did that. You understand what I'm saying? There are seasons where, where God will call us into dutiful service to others so that we can actually be pruned and prepared and receive imparted character, which is needed for those high leadership positions in those roles within the body of Christ that most people gravitate to. But we don't want to just gravitate towards some th those things. Of course, we want to be zealous about doing what the Lord has called us to do, right? However, we want to do it in the right spirit for the right reasons. We have to remember that no matter how high God takes us, we are always simply servants. And the higher up we go, the greater um the greater amount of service we're supposed to be giving okay so i want us to keep that in mind so if you want to um be elevated and you want to be promoted then serving others is the only natural way to get there okay because remember he says um the greatest among you all is the least of you all and the servant of you all. And that's how he wants it. So as you are attaining to all of that greatness and all of those spiritual gifts and trying to find where God wants you placed, see where God wants you to serve first. And through that, you will receive the imparted character which you need to keep moving forward. Amen, amen. Um, when I was in the church world, I was actually one of those people who didn't just like carry the Bible in the water, like I would ask, like, can I carry your Bible? Can I carry, can I carry your, do you need something to drink? I'll have it for you. Like I was one of those people because I absolutely love to give whatever I can. If I can give myself over, like how it says you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. If I can just totally give myself over to the work of the ministry, then I would. When I tell you all that I am one of those people who absolutely love um, my leaders, I really do. I love my leaders. Whoever is leading me, whoever is helping me as I'm journeying to heaven, I absolutely love them and appreciate them. And this is when you hear me talking about how much I love them, giving them these glowing um, character reviews and talking about how important it is to sew because literally that's how I feel. Listen, I love you. You are helping me. I, I, I wanna give you everything that I possibly can. And I want to give it to you in a way that shows how much you mean to me, okay? I, I, this, this is nothing compared to what you've done for me. That's literally how I approach people who have been a blessing to me within the body of Christ. So serving is a gift, but taking that, um, giving to people who are a blessing to you, listen to this. So this has to do with sewing, but let's um, also remember that we are we can sow service, we can sow time, we can sow other things if we don't have those finances to sow. For me, if I have all of it, I'm sowing all of it as much as I can, okay? Proverbs 11 and 24, again, I'm reading the Amplified Bible and it says, there is one who generously scatters abroad and yet increases all the more. Wait a minute, that's kingdom mathematics right there. The person who generally just gives away is constantly increasing. Can you imagine that? The person who takes the things that they have and is just willing to give it all away, just scattering it. I'm sewing here, I'm sewing there, I'm sewing this amount here, I'm sewing this amount here, I'm doing this there. 
I'm going to help this person in that way. I'm going to see who I can pray for in this community or in, in this local assembly. I'm going to see what I can do for someone else. That is the type of person who is constantly in increasing you know um i was feeling so like uh, you know just talking about money and things like that um within you with within the body of christ and with people who follow my ministry sometimes it can make me uncomfortable as i'm sure you all have clearly um noted <laughs> and, um especially with my difficulties receiving for different things that i do for you all in counseling sessions and the lord is like listen this is how i want to support you so you have to receive um but i want us to take away that I'm not just telling you this, like this is how I live and this is what I truly believe. And I do believe that it is a part of us growing closer to the Lord because he is a giver. He has given us everything he can. So God is definitely a giver. And I believe that if we want to be like him, we also need to be givers too. So I'm going to tell you all, um, you know, I give my first fruits to a ministry. I'm going to tell you how I do this because first, and I do it according to scripture. First fruits goes to a ministry in scripture, right? It went to the priest, period. So that's how I sow that. Tithing and offering goes to the priest, period. Okay. Um, unless you don't have a priest or God says, I want you to take that tithe and give it to this person or whatever, then fine. But, um, for me, I like to sow my tithe into the church and my offering into a ministry or something like that, unless the Lord tells me otherwise. Now, of course, right now in this season in my life, I don't have a church, so I'm not sowing into a church. So it has to be some type of ministry or some type of person who I encounter who is blessing me. Okay. I love those people who, when they bless my life spiritually, I love it. Um, so that is how I give. But then we have alms, okay? And we have taken care of leaders. That's 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 clear. Offering, clear. But then we have alms. And alms is really translated as righteousness. It means righteousness. And that is what you, the things that you give that actually harbor righteousness in your life. So you all, I look for places where I can be a blessing to people. Like I'm telling you all, there are things that I need, but I don't even care. <laughs> You know what I do? I look to see like, up. Oh, I'm going to put $40 here, $100 here, whatever I can do. I listen to the Holy Spirit because he actually needs people like this in his kingdom who can who are willing to sustain his kingdom and keep it going and keep it growing. Right. Um, it takes finances. One of the first things that we see um, the early Christians do was they sold everything they had or they sold some of their things and they brought the money and gave it to the apostles. And they're like, listen, whatever needs to be done to advance this kingdom and to advance this message, do it without having to worry about finances. And just like scripture says in Romans 12, like we just read, if you have the gift of giving, do it with generosity. And that is whatever it is that you have to give. So we give glory to God for that. So you all, there's nothing wrong with being led by the spirit and looking through different charities and seeing who you can give to for your alms. Even if it's $5, even if it's a dollar, Covenant House, I've sent out places. Um, Voice of the Martyrs, that's a place that I have been um, acquainted with for, for a little while now. I would say well over a year, around a year at least, um, I have been um, connected to Voice of the Martyrs. And then um, who else? Go fund me. You all, 
be led by the spirit and go on GoFundMe and see who can I give a little extra $40 to or $20 to. If somebody needs help burying their loved ones, there are some people who are fighting rare diseases and they need money for treatment. There are some people who are, um, there was a little boy on GoFundMe, 11 years old. He was burnt over 90% of his body. Um, and his family is um, giving him um, he has to have several surgeries. And of course, these surgeries cost a lot of money. And so, and his family actually gives updates about his health condition, about how the surgeries are going. When he comes out of surgery, you will receive an update about, um, about his health and about how the surgery went and about his, how his attitude and how he's doing emotionally. And so I say, be led by the spirit because there are times when the Holy Spirit will be like, don't give to them. Don't give to that, you know, but for some, sometimes he will tell you here, put, put it here. And so let's pick up, um, chapter 11 in Proverbs. Again, there is one who generously scatters abroad and here's the scriptural, um, principle and yet increases all the more. Yep. I'm giving my tithe and my offering. Yep. I've given my first fruit. Yep. Um, I'm over here giving alms. Yep. I'm giving to my teachers and I am, um, still looking. I'm trying to see where can I scatter abroad? Where can I scatter abroad for my alms? Where can I go? Let me look at this charity. Let me look at GoFundMe. Let me see what family is in need where the Lord wants me to place this. And all these things helps the body of Christ to keep going. And it puts what God would want this person to have into their hands. You know, I'm assuming God would want that little boy to be um, fully recovered from the burns that he received. And for the saints to say, you know what, I'm going to put a little something there. I'm going to put a little something there. That is a beautiful display of the heart of God. Okay. And then it goes on to say, look in um, Proverbs 11 verse 24, and there is one who withholds what is justly due, but it results only in want and poverty. Okay. There are some people on the contrary who are supposed to be given these things. You're supposed to be given to your teachers. You're supposed to be paying your tithes. You're supposed to be given your offerings. You're supposed to do the first fruits as you're led to by the Holy Spirit. You know, I felt like first fruits was such a faith-based thing and it is. And so initially when I taught it last January, I was just giving my testimony and saying, I don't believe God will call everyone to do that. I don't know. I think it's a faith thing, but I'm gonna teach y'all about this. And then when I got that car, a few months later, God was like, tell them, tell them that it was the first fruit, go testify, tell them that they should do it. And so that's what I did. And then back in October, he says, tell them I want them to do it. <laughs> so I talked about it again. Um, in October, these things are justly do. We're supposed to be helping people. That's what we're supposed to do. These things are justly do. They're supposed to happen. These are um, things that are righteously uh, supposed to take place, right? And it says, but when we withhold what we're supposed to be given, giving, it only results in want and poverty. So I'll take myself as an example. Of course, I had plans for the first fruit offering until God said, no, that's mine. Um, but if I would have held on to that, quite frankly, it would not have been able to really do much for me. It wouldn't have been able to do more for me than God is going to do for me this year. Okay. So, you know, you can hold on to it and it's only going to give you want and poverty. And that is with your finances. 
Um, and you know why I feel more comfortable. I'm getting more and more comfortable talking about it because as a leader, I'm supposed to teach you all righteousness. I'm not just supposed to teach you some things. I'm supposed to teach you all things. And what you do with that is up to you and the Holy Spirit. That's literally your free will, but you know the truth. So I can't just teach you all some things and avoid other things, especially when all of these things are so important to me. And these are things that God has um, imparted into me and taught me. And it has really helped me to get to where I am in my walk with him. This generosity, this selfless giving, financially giving my time, being willing to serve others. These are things that I have put into practice throughout my life with Jesus Christ. And it has always been a blessing to me. And I have never felt like I have lost anything. Even if things didn't go right with some of those relationships where I was serving people, still in awe, I was serving them, but it was really the Lord doing what he wanted me to do in their lives, okay? It was all him, all for his glory. And when the time is done, you move on until your next assignment, amen, amen. So let's go to verse 25. It says the generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. And he who waters will himself be watered, reaping the generosity he has sown. Amen. Amen. So the generous man, this really sticks out to me when it comes to this, this, um, Ruth season. Here we go. This Ruth season. This really sticks out to me. The generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. I want you to know that when you make that conscious choice and effort to serve, to generously give yourself over in whatever ways that you can, um, when you choose to be generous and a source of blessing to others, you shall be prosperous and enriched, okay? And he who waters, you go out and you say, you know what, there's seed in these people. I'm gonna water, I want this person to grow. I want this person to prosper. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says that the person who waters will himself be watered and reap the generosity he has sown. So the way you go about and you look for people to bless and you say, you know what? This person has really blessed me. I really want to show them my appreciation. I'm going to generously sow into their lives. This situation over here, I'm going to show generosity to these people who need help. This situation over here, you know, I'm going to put my time here. I can volunteer here. You, um, will be watered and reap the generosity you have sown. It is another version of this that says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Amen. We need the times of refreshing to come upon us. We need to reap um, the generosity, but first we need to sow it. We need to sow what we want to reap. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so this is exactly what we see Ruth doing. And I'm telling you, I don't even know, like, I'm not even convinced that as she was serving Naomi, she was thinking like, yeah, I am going to be in history <laughs> for the way that I have humbly chosen to leave my family, leave my life and go and serve this woman who needed me, who was going through a time of need in her life. But the name of Ruth literally traveled all throughout that town, all throughout um, Bethlehem, because of the way she was serving Naomi. Isn't that something? 
So um, God is actually calling us to be like Ruth. So in this Ruth season, we are really supposed to embody all the character of her name. We're supposed to have that large heart, the kind heart, the warm, warm heart, the, um, the good heart, the soft heart, the big heart. We're supposed to be kind and we're supposed to give charity and we're supposed to be um, compassionate compassionate and we're supposed to show mercy and we're supposed to show sympathy and we are supposed to show pity. That's everything that Ruth's name means. Compassion for the misery of others and sorrow for your own faults. Glory to the name of the Lord. Not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to. Humbly serving others. And this is a season, this Ruth season, we have to embody everything that her name means. So turn with me to Ruth and I'm going to read the New Living Translation, um, chapter two, Ruth chapter two. The reason why I'm reading the New Living Translation is because it's going to be very easy for you all to understand. This is a conversation that's taking place, um, a couple of conversations. So I want you all to really get it. Okay. So the New Living Translation, it gives it to you very plain. Ruth chapter two, I'm starting at verse two. And it says, one day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest field to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. So let's pause right here. Ruth herself, she volunteered herself to go out and do whatever she needed to do to make sure that they had what they needed. And not only did she like go out and try to get like a fancy job, she's like, let me just go to the harvest field and just pick up whatever is left behind. We know that there was a law in Israel um, that because they were strangers in the land, they have to be good to strangers in their land. So when they are harvesting things, they had to let whatever fell to the ground stay on the ground for the foreigners who were there or people who would be hungry and need to come behind and pick it up and eat it. Okay. So this is what we see in action, this law in action. So she's saying, let me go out and pick up whatever's left behind from anyone who's kind enough to allow me onto their property, onto their fields. And so it just so happens. You remember we talked about destiny? Listen, destiny is a real thing. What is it? What did we learn? It's an irresistible power and agency. Oh, destiny was on her side because it says it just so happened. She ended up harvesting in the fields of Boaz. Come on here. I can't because then I will go all the way off. I will go all the way off because I feel like it. And I'm not going to do that right now. I'm really excited because destiny will place you exactly where you need to be, even at your lowest point in life. Y'all don't even get it. Like Yad Hallelujah. We thank God. Hallelujah. That whew, there's no weapon formed against you that can prosper. We thank God that every tongue that rises up against you in judgment shall be condemned. We thank God that the very thing that the enemy would mean for evil, God means it for your good. As much as has been taken from you at your lowest point, is where your redemption is. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's where you, that's where destiny, that's where, let me, can you imagine that destiny is taking you to the lowest point so that it can favor you and reward you? 
You had to go low so that destiny could take you up high because destiny is in agreement with the word of God. You have to abase yourself. Hallelujah. So that God can exalt you. Hallelujah. I ain't even going to say pardon my tongues. I feel the Holy Spirit. Glory to the name of the Lord. Y'all better receive that for yourself. Hallelujah. If you are in a low place, I feel that for so many people listening to me right now. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the valleys that you placed us in because we know, God, that you are Lord even over our valleys. We thank you because your blood can reach down to our lowest point, reach down to the lowest valley. Hallelujah. Pick us up, clean us up, purge us up and continue us on on our destiny. We thank you, God, for favor. We thank you for teaching us to humble ourselves. Thank you for taking us low. Thank you for the favor that finds us in the low place. Thank you for the favor that finds us while we're working and we're toiling. Thank you for the favor that finds us as we have to take leftovers and whatever is left behind. Thank you in the name of Jesus, that the liberal soul shall be made fat. Hallelujah. We thank you that the one that is willing to give it all and serve, hallelujah, shall be made fat. We thank you, Jesus. You will not lack. I'm going to say that to anybody who's listening and is wondering about finances or provision. You will not lack. Your hands will not lack. God will consistently and continually provide for you. Ha, the devil is a liar. And he thought, hallelujah, but he thought wrong. Ah, he thought it was going to take you out. He thought you would go back like Orpah. Uh-uh, you're going forward like Ruth. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is your Ruth season. That's okay. You may be a little low right now, but God is going to take you up in due season. Hallelujah. Don't faint. Don't faint because the promises of God are yes in him and amen in him. Stay in him. Keep moving. Hallelujah. It wasn't in the job. It wasn't in the marriage. It wasn't in those circumstances in relationships that you lived, moved and had your, and had your being anyway. It was always in him. Stay in him. Hallelujah. That's where the promises are. Hallelujah. So Ruth, she's in a low place. Woo. She's in a low place. She's in a low place. Remember, Boaz is a type of Christ. Boaz is a type of Christ. Boaz is a type of Christ. Hallelujah. These harvesters have been by Jesus compared to angels. Okay. Um, in the gospels, the harvesters, the, the, the reapers, uh, glory to God are um, what he calls angels. So let's go here. Verse four, while she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. He said, the Lord bless you. The harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? 
That one that's serving, that one that's in a low place right there. Who's that one? That one who has humbled herself and that is picking up whatever's on the ground for her to take. That one who's not complaining. Listen to what they said. The foreman said, these are the angels that are watching. She is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. Boaz went over. Hallelujah. Y'all, Jesus, Jesus will come to you. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet. Look at even more humility and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked. I am only a foreigner. What have I done to deserve this kind of favor? What have I done to deserve this kind of kindness from you, Boaz? We can look at Jesus and say that. Get low. Get real low. Stay low. And you'll be asking Jesus the same thing. And so Boaz says to her, he says, yes, I know. But I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. <sighs> y'all, y'all got to feel this because I feel this. You have to, somebody needs to say, Lord, let me step into my Ruth season right now. And if you are in that Ruth season, somebody needs to start rejoicing. Hallelujah. Right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So apparently those four men and those harvesters told Boaz everything that was going on with this um, woman. And he says, I, I, I also know about everything that you've done. I know you're a foreigner. Yeah, you're in a low place. Yeah, but I know about what you're doing. I have heard that you've left everything to serve my God. Mm. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, hallelujah, reward you fully for what you have done. Her reply I hope to continue to please you, sir. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your workers. She went on about her business. My God, my God, my God. When we start in that low place and we're serving in that low place and we're going through in that low place, that's what we need to turn to Jesus and say, I hope I continue to please you. Your words have brought me comfort. Hallelujah. Even though I'm not one of those apostles, even though I may not have a mega church, even though people may not know who I am. Okay. You, I thank you. I want to keep pleasing you because of the way your word makes me feel. Mm. 
Hallelujah. We Let's look at some more favor. Verse 14, at mealtime, Boaz called to her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. Wow, look, and then when Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her, my God, and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them, listen to this, on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. Take the sheaves, take big bundles that you would take and harvest for me, take it and drop it on the ground. Take whatever was supposed to be given to the people in the high place and give it to this one right here while she's still in her low place. Y'all got to hear how this roof season and how being brought low and how being put into humble circumstances and being put into service of others will cause God to directly bless you to where you won't have anything to worry about, even in your low place. Hallelujah. Even confirming what the Lord just said, you're going to have what you need. God sees you. She had all she wanted and she still had some left over in the low place. See with man, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God is looking at people who have humbled themselves. God is looking at people who have made themselves of men of low estate because what the Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. God don't care nothing about how high up somebody think they are. God doesn't care nothing about how many connections a person um, has. God is looking to see if you're one who's willing to get down and wash somebody's feet. God is looking to see if you're one willing to leave everything you have and serve someone else. God is looking to see if you're willing to selfly, um, selflessly give yourself over to whatever church, person, family, local assembly, whatever it is God is calling you to job situation. When you say, God, I know I can do better than this job I'm in, but there are some people who are benefiting from you being there. <sighs> Verse 17, so Ruth gathered barley there all day. And when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. See, listen to this. They were seemingly working from day to day. They were eating what they were able to gather from day to day. This woman had a whole basket. He gave her so much food that she could eat, not even that she could take home and have to grind and cook and all that stuff. No. He gave her so much food to eat that she still had some left over and was able to take that and give it to Naomi. Look at verse 18. Um, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town, showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. Abundance is even in your low place. We're trying to get up high because we think that's where the abundance is. We think that's where the reward is. Uh-uh. The reward and the favor for your service finds you in your low place. Look at verse 11. Yes, I know, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you have left your father and your mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. Reward and favor for her service. Let's go to verse, um, let's go to chapter three in Ruth, verse 10. Chapter three, verse 10. 
It says, the Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman, my God my God, because of the way she was serving Naomi, because of the way she's left everything, because she remained loyal to those who are her family. She received that family and we can flip that to the body of Christ, our new family through the blood of Jesus, the people we are connected to, to the blood of Jesus. There are some natural family members where our relationship with them will no longer remain when we leave this earth. Hallelujah. But our relationship with each other is one that will go on into eternity. And he's saying, you're showing even more family loyalty. Glory to God. You could have been doing other things, but you've chosen to do this very thing. So you know what? I'm going to tell you this. Everybody in town, because of your character, because of the way you serve, because of your humility, because of your willingness, because of your zeal, because of your obedience, everybody knows your reputation. You are a virtuous woman. Everybody in town knows that. Virtuous, really, it means um, having high or showing high moral standards. It means to be chaste. It means to be pure. You're spotless. You're upright. And what does that mean? Perfect. And what does it mean? Um, they that walk perfectly before you shall be my servants. Come on. We talked about this. This word right here is meat. This word is meat. I pray that you are just as excited as you're about your Ruth season as you will be about your Esther season. Let, let me calm. I'm going to calm down because my I feel the spirit of the living God. All of these seasons are so important, so vital, and so necessary. Yes, you. You have to serve. Yes, you. You have to give. Yes, God wants you to give, and he wants you to give more. When it comes to your finances, give liberally. The Bible says there's, there's the, there are people who are scattering everything, but yet they are continuing to increase. You want to be that person who is continuing to increase because of how generous you are with the way you give, the way you give your finances, the way that you give yourself, the way you give your love, the way you give your service wherever it's needed, the way you're giving your time. Glory to the name of the Lord. We thank God for this Ruth season. That's where the favor finds you. That's where the reward finds you. Don't think that you got to wait until you get to your Esther season to have everything you need. Even in your low place, God will provide for you. Stay loyal, stay committed, stay faithful, stay humble, stay obedient. Be cheerful about what the Lord calls you to do in whatever season it is. You don't want to be that type of servant where God looks at you and because he's asking you to go do something for somebody else and it's not all about you and what you can gain from it, um, seemingly gain from it because you know you're gaining a lot. You're one of those people who do it begrudgingly and you do it with apprehension. But as soon as this, you know you're going to prosper and there's something in it for you, you're running and you're all happy about it. No, be happy when it's time to give. God loves a cheerful giver. Glory to the name of the Lord. We give, hallelujah, and we give bountifully. We don't withhold ourselves from the Lord. Whatever he wants us to do, 
wherever he wants us to be. That's what we want to do. And that's where we want to be. The liberal soul shall be made fat. The one who's not liberal, expect them to dry up. He says, there's another person who withholds everything from himself that he's supposed to be given to others. And there is want and there is poverty in that person's life. And I don't want that to be you. Glory to the name of the Lord. Enjoy your Ruth season. God is the redeemer of your bloodline. He is the kinsman redeemer. He will redeem you from this situation, from your circumstances. And we thank God. Hallelujah. All right, you all. That one right there for me, that was good. <laughs> that was good. I'm thanking the Lord for this Ruth season and how everything is going. And we bless the Lord for his faithfulness and for his sovereignty and for his power. And we thank God that Satan is under our feet. Hallelujah. And all of his workers are fighting a losing battle. We thank God that we already have the victory. Lord God, we love you so much. I pray that this word is planted into good ground, that it was received with understanding and that the enemy will never be able to snatch it. But in the name of Jesus, I pray that this word brings forth fruit a hundredfold, a thousandfold in the lives of the people who have heard it and in the lives of those who are connected to the people who have heard it. Lord God, you are good. Your mercy endures forever. Send your angels to surround us in the name of Jesus to minister to us in our weak places. And Lord, open up the windows of heaven and bless us according to your perfect will. We love you. We thank you. And it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. <music>